I'm Carly Shields, and I play Lola, the Harpy Wizard. I'm John, and I play Mort McCoy, the Skeletal Ranger. Hey, everybody. It's Patrick, and I play Ezra the Golem. Hey, I'm Adam Bash. I'm the Storyteller, and welcome to Brew Force. Greetings, fine patrons. Welcome to the Gilded Ram Grog House and Tea Room. I have caught some Jasper spit whistle. I must, I must forewarn you that tonight is going to be a little bit of an unorthodox uh, telling of the story. I mean, we, we are going to jump right into it, folks. Of course, this is a very exciting part of the story. Uh, the brute force is in uh, Dinderast, of course, uh, in the town of Nanusha. You know, their, their names have fallen on some hard times as of late. They're actually wanted individuals at this time. You know, falling on the wrong side of Johnny Law. Of course, I was there as well. You know, ever the rebel, ever the the ne'er duel. You know, cutting a rakish figure across the streets of Anusha. Uh, but you know, enough about me. Um, you know, the group had kind of had a soul-searching moment here, where they kind of had to reconnect with themselves. I think, to a certain extent, Lola and Ezra came more to terms with who they are and who they wanted to be, who they needed to be in order to protect the people that needed protecting. But right now, all of that started at a brothel down the street. Giselle's cat house. All right, so you guys cut uh, uh, cut out of there with a, uh, you know, a little, little hitch in your step. You look good. You look, you look classy, flashy, in a way that you guys kind of never looked before. I'm trying to um, hide my birdness as much as possible. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Um, you, maybe you have a veil or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. you could you could work work with that. Uh, that would cover a fair amount of your if you had a if you had a hood and a veil that would cover a fair amount of your like featheriness. Okay, which might help. I mean, she still has like the bird eyes, so that are a little disconcerting. Yeah. But I can use my prestidigitation and change those more human like. You you absolutely could. And, you know, maybe you're wearing gloves so you don't see that you've got very kind of pointy fingers mm-hmm. and all that all that birdness is a little bit kind of back down. Okay. Uh, Mort looks ugly as shit, but he looks uh, human-ish, um, which is good. That's about what you were going for. And we're going to get one uh, of uh, you- the Argent Scythe guys to wheel the bush on like a dolly. Yeah, you guys have a there's a dolly. So like, yeah, that guy, will, he'll he'll wheel the bush with you. Uh <laughs> It might need Mort to help because it's a heavy bush. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yep. So you guys, uh, you guys stroll right out of the alley, uh, and yeah, I mean everything's kind of cleared up. Uh, Lola, like the 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 center of like the main street area, is like obviously there is uh, like s- some cleanup that has happened. Um, but it's still like the center of the street is scorched and blackened uh, and it kind of catches you off guard a little bit. You like you knew it was going to be that way, mm. but it's still. Um, it, it, but you you try to push through it and you guys uh, wheel right up to uh, uh, Giselle's cat house. Uh, and there is uh, there's a there's a there's a stern looking fellow outside that's just kind of looking you guys up and down as you come up. Uh, not a guard, 
but obviously looks like he's employed uh, by the cat house itself. So Lola can't be described as a smooth person by any stretch of the the imagination. So she kind of thinks about the people that might be coming here and the closest thing that she can possibly think of to mimic is shiver at this point. Okay. Yeah. So um, Lola kind of leads the group up to this thing and channeling her best shiver is like, I don't suppose that we could come in and see what's for sale. What's with the plant? Oh, um, we're traveling. It's a gift for back home. <clears throat> All right, hold on one second. He walks inside. She turns back to the others and goes. <laughs> uh, all right, so you guys are standing out there for a few minutes. Um, to the point where you guys start to get nervous that, like, maybe they forgot about you. <laughs> but should we knock on the door? Is the big guy ever coming back guys, out? Be cool, be cool, be cool. I think perhaps we should, once we get in there, try and try find Giselle and... Tell her that this plant is, is a welcome gift for her office, and it brings very good luck. And we can get Ezra into her office, and he can I mean, that's look around. Of, that's kind of stuff. fucking weird, though. I mean, I'm just thinking if someone brought me a big plant, I'd be like, why? She doesn't know where we're from. Perhaps it's, it's a custom where we're from to Shit, where bring are we from? plants. From... We can be from Markheim. It's fine. Yeah, the, uh, the door opens back up custom. and and the uh, and the the, the evident bouncer is like gives you guys kind of a wave of his hand. Yep, come on. Thank you, my good man. As you guys walk in, uh, you can tell like there's still a little bit of construction going on in here. Like obviously business is uh, booming, but like there's still people kind of like obviously not here for fun and for pleasure or for. Uh, providing fun and pleasure like there are people like moving banisters and like just like general like carpentry and and and, and construction in here because they're like they've opened up but they've opened up before they have like fully finished changing whatever this place used to be into whatever it is going to be because they need to make money they need to make okay. money yeah um so imagine like imagine like a saloon from from any old western film that's kind of the yeah it's kind of the feel in here and they i mean they do they actually probably do have gambling tables in here um and certainly a a a well-stocked bar that was probably the first thing that they uh, got in place and then yeah it looks like a lot of the ladies are hanging out on the staircase uh leading upstairs are there other patrons in here yeah okay what sort of time day is it uh, well, I would say it's probably, uh, it's closing in on nighttime. Um, you guys have had a pretty busy day, all things considered. So yeah, it's probably, it's probably closing in on, on, on dusk. Uh, but yeah, as you guys, as you guys look upstairs and kind of just kind of glance around the area, you see, uh, a very, very beautiful woman, uh, long, curly, red hair, um, her, uh, a very tight corset lifting her assets up on display. Um, and just when you see her, like there is something just kind of kind of threatening about her. And you all kind of instantly get this feeling that this is probably Giselle. Gotcha. 
I uh, so I'm gonna so I assume there's like tables we can sit at and things like that. Absolutely. So I'm gonna yeah. get all of us sitting around the table and then like lean in real close to one of the Argent Scythe guys and he's like, "What the hell do we do here?" Well, I think the plan is to get a few drinks, right? And he like flags over uh, one of the one of the bar winches. Yes, I'll, I'll have um, an ale uh, and a mop, please. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Good. That's, that's a good joke. No, you guys can like we don't have to play out you guys ordering drinks yeah, and yeah, like yeah. get drinks coming. Like you guys just order some drinks, drinks come. No big issue. Um, Great joke, but <laughs> I, I I don't know at some point. Essentially what I want to do is like, okay, if there's a bunch of workers going on like happening here, I want to find a time mm-hmm. when Giselle is maybe not um just watching everyone like a hawk and convince one of the workers that this plant is supposed to be up towards the offices okay and and then that's a good, give, that's a good plan. Uh, Ezra a chance to like scooch into her office at some point um yeah okay uh so like you can kind of wait around and just kind of eyeball the situation and it looks like like that's kind of like it's it's feels out of her nature to not be watching this place like a hawk. But things pop up here and there like someone will run up to her and get her attention just for like a few minutes mm-hmm. as they like, so, you know, obviously telling her something very f- flustered and frustrated or or, uh, you know, something something just, you know, in the in the in the in the pattern of doing business something crops up here or there and then she has to attend to it have that conversation explain what's going to happen explain what they're going to do and then they're off right and so there's little time bits of time like that that happen um but you guys don't have a ton of those bits of time before someone is going someone official is going to approach you and ask you why you were sitting at a table next to a potted plant (laughs) like so that's going to happen pretty quick okay could you uh, press the digitation? That makes noises as well, right? Or it can do. Or is that something else I'm thinking um, of? I mean, uh, not really. It's more visual. Yeah, I guess not. You can, well, it's, it has... Well, okay, so, oh, oh, I, can turn, I can turn ale sour. You absolutely could do that. Okay, I want to, like, ruin some of their good drinks so that and like have a bunch of the customers complain so that she has to then do a bunch of customer service yeah okay so you could absolutely do that it kind of explained to me how you're because you wouldn't like it's not something that you could probably do from too far away so like she'd have to be up kind of close to this stuff so play me through that like where what what's her what's her course okay. of action if i've got, i'm gonna go up oh, so Essentially, here's the thought. Want to go up to the bar with a bunch of money, uh, get close to the thing, pretend to trip a little bit and drop all my money behind the bar and then be like, I'm so sorry. Or no, that's not the voice. I'm so sorry. And like wait for the bartender to start like having to pick up a bunch of stuff. And then Mm -hmm. would I be close enough to like a, a swath of the product? to yeah i mean like if that happens like you could you could just as easily be like leaning over the bar like watching him pick it all up while like you know just waving 
a hand the right way over even a, a, a like a barrel of ale or something okay. like that, you could turn the whole barrel sour. I would like or, to do that, and I'm assuming I need to make a roll. Um, no, you do not. Press digitation just works. Okay, cool. I, I was okay. more for like the deception of it, but... Oh, uh, no. I mean, this really doesn't seem anything in there that like wouldn't make sense. Okay. I mean... Cool. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to roll for deception on that. Okay. He's not expecting that, like... He just picks up your money. He's like, oh, you should be more careful with this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, And then I'm going to bring a bunch of drinks back to the table. So it's not like I just walked up the bar. But not the sour ale. Well, no, no. Yeah, it's going to be the bad stuff. And she's going to put it in front of everyone. And he's like, guys, don't drink it. It's going to be real bad. I mean, you could fix that. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. I reverse it on ours. <laughs> I, I, I stretch real. <laughs> I stretch real vague, and I'm like, pour it down into the plant. <laughs> I think it's funny after all the Louis C.K. jokes that Pat has made tonight that he's a potted plant at this point. <laughs> <laughs> all right um yeah so before too awful long like you get some patrons that like you know they get their ale you know that people have to finish what they've got in front of them but they go up they get a they get a drink and and take a drink and something's just not right with this stuff and then you know a few people start to complain to the bartender uh and you know he's trying to trying to sort it out but like he's not super believing the situation like he's like no this is fine i just i just i just changed it out today like what's the problem right uh and so then he tastes it and it tastes real funky so then he's like disconnecting the cask from their little pouring system and it's just it's obviously kind of starting to cause a scene up by the bar and giselle has definitely taken notice i i want to know if she like goes down at all like to help deal with the situation um yeah so like let's say like one person uh like is already kind of a few drinks in at this point and is feeling real tough and macho and doesn't like the way that the that the bartender responded to something so he starts trying to cause problems uh and so uh yeah security starts moving in on this guy giselle starts moving down the stairs uh and everybody roll uh a notice you got the bush uh, probably not. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess you could as a bush if you want to. What do we, uh, I don't have my character sheet in front of me. So I got four. What is my... Uh, you don't have anything. Oh, well, I rolled a plus two anyway, then. Okay, well, that's four. that's pretty good. Plus four? Yep. Uh, zero. Okay, that's good. Okay. Again, what other pluses for me? Wow. She's obviously, like... F- not thrilled with this situation just lola reading her like she's she's kind of pissed that this is going on Mm -hmm. and she's not really paying attention to how she's acting um she moves down the stairs faster than she should be able to move down these stairs Mm -hmm. uh and and just just the way she moves is very very elegant but but very quick would you say almost wolf-like I would not. I would say almost cat-like. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Things are falling into place. Okay. Uh, quickly, um, 
I want to tell one of the Argent Scythe guys to go, um, like, convince one of the workers to... Oh, you know what? No, fuck it. I'll burn another fate point. I go up to one of the workers, and I say... Oh, hello, sir. And and she's going to put it, like, very friendly, put a, a hand on this guy's arm. Oh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't I don't, work here. Uh, I'm not one of the... I don't well, know, I'm, I'm going flattered, up to one honestly, of them. but... No, no, I'm going up to one of the... Okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> and she says, oh, no, no, but you could. And, like, she's just sweet talk, but I'm going to... Oh, okay, so I'm going to... my. Oh. I'm going I, 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 oh, to... I'd be baby. lying if I said I haven't okay. heard that before. I got, uh, holy shit, six. Again, um, uh, whole oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so with uh, another one of these six success with uh, with style situations. All right. So essentially, I'm gonna be like, um, we noticed that um, someone had brought that plant in a while ago, and it's kind of cluttering up the area. Uh, I believe it was supposed to go up to the office as part of the, one of the new decorations. Do you think you could move it up there and, and get it out of the way? We really appreciate it. We, You know, the scenery around here is so lovely. We don't want it cluttered with a, with a plant. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I could, I can definitely uh, oh, take care doll. of that. Uh, thank for, you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, I, I I do try. Um, yeah, no, I I, I could I could do that. Right, and he like rushes. He's kind of half stumbles over his feet as he's rushing off to go f- fix the situation for you. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he and he grabs another guy by his collar, and the two of them go over and grab uh, the dolly, and they start wheeling it over, and then uh, they try to pick up this potted plant to move it up the stairs uh, to the office, and boy, it's it's real heavy. <laughs> but he doesn't want to look yeah. like. He can't do it because he's he's very much trying to impress you at this point. <laughs> um, and when I notice them struggling, I'm going to be like, "Oh, do be careful! It is it's uh, the the base is uh, uh, of the the pot is made from a uh, precious metal, and I know it's a little heavy, but you guys are so strong." Oh yeah, yeah, no, not a pr- not a problem at all. I mean, just because it, it it's delicate, we'll we'll make sure and get a few extra hands for this. And he grabs a few other guys, and all together, yeah, uh, Ezra, you are lifted up. <laughs> Uh, and carried up the stairs. Cool. Yeah. And you know, at the edge of, uh, like, once you get to the top of the stairway, you go kind of to the left there. And at the very end, uh, there, there's a, there's a doorway that's closed and, you know, they move it open. You slide you right in there and it's a fairly nice office. Um, big old oil baron type desk in there and, Sick. uh, tapestries on the wall. Boy, they, they set this up pretty, pretty early in the process. Or it was already a nice office and they're like, hey, sweet night off. Nice office, right? Uh, but yeah, they roll you in there or I guess carry you in there and uh, and and leave you and shut the door behind. Shit, I can't believe that worked. Well, turns to, to the lawyer and says, uh, did we actually tell Ezra what to look out for while he was in there? No, but I, I don't <laughs> think we know what to tell him, to be honest. Uh, let's, well, let's we can figure he- it out. Find something. We probably should have thought to have some Frankie talkies with us. Oh yeah, shit. Um, so as you, uh, as these uh, these construction guys are, are leaving back from upstairs and kind of starting to go back to uh, just the general work that they are doing, um, Giselle has sorted out the issue at the bar, um, and it turns back around and kind of glances back across. Uh, uh, across the 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 open area in general, um, like you notice uh, she is wearing just the most beautiful shining diamond pendant around her neck, and it is 
it is just the thing of dreams. Fuck. It is so shit. So, uh, you know, you have this trouble that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just so Uh attracted to shiny things. So I am uh, going to attempt to compel you um, to go up Uh to her uh and and start to try to like you're just drawn to this thing. So you are going to have a hard time avoiding interacting with her. Um, So you have a choice. I don't know where your fate points are right now because you just have used a couple of them. So you have two choices. You can use your last fate point to not do this Mm -hmm. and like hold yourself together. Mm -hmm. Or you can do this and go talk with Giselle uh, and it's going to it would get you a fate point. Oh, boy. I think. Okay. I think I would do it. Um, And I'm going to burn my last fate point to try to charm her. Okay, well, I mean, you'll have yeah. If you do it, then, then be you'll have two, you'll be back to two. Yeah, so yeah, you can you can burn it to try to. Okay, okay, so sounds good. Uh, Lola's uh, tr- she's got this act on trying to act suave and stuff, and all of a sudden you see her like eyes just turn into saucers, and she kind of trails off whatever whatever she was saying. Like, yeah, and I can't believe that. And I just ah, uh, whoa. Lola, and she like her okay? cheeks start getting a little bit red. Like, <laughs> um, what, what, what's wrong, Lola? Uh, I need to talk, and I'll be right back. She says, and she gets up and just makes a beeline right for Giselle. All right. Uh, so yeah, Giselle sees you like stand up and start walking right up to her and she, she stands up a little taller, like throws her, throws her shoulders back a little <laughs> bit and waits for you to get there. Cause she knows like, she could tell you're coming to talk to her. Um, so she walks right over. I'm so sorry. You just, that your, your red hair and your, what your, you just caught my eye and I had to come and say hello. Uh, we actually brought a, a a present with us that um the the we had the workers take upstairs because it was taking up too much room but uh we're from over by Murkheim and we had uh we've been uh growing these these beautiful plants and and we we brought one because we thought your establishment could use it now that you're moved in and I'm sorry I just I usually I don't do this I'm just taken back <laughs> So are you trying to charm yeah, I'm her? Yeah I'm going to try to <laughs> Ugh, this is gonna be the one time my dice fail me. Um, well, I didn't do awful. So I got, uh, I got one six, and I got three in Arcana plus my fate point. So that's pretty good. And the others are neutral: two fours and a three. Okay, so you get so you had a three, four, you five, had a three in Arcana. So you get a four, right? Oh, pl- yeah, four. four. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you whether you succeed or fail in this situation, I but considering I've told you no. every time you have six, every time, every time you succeeded, yeah, I've okay, told yeah. you you succeeded. So I will tell you, um, whether or not Lola recognizes this or not, you did not manage to charm her. <laughs> um, but you have absolutely managed, um, to catch her attention. Okay. Um, but so she acts very much her attention. (laughs) You, uh, so she very much, um, acts like she has charmed, like she has been charmed by you, puts her hand to her neck. And she like, uh, when she, when she puts her hand near the the pendant, she kind of watches the hand, puts (laughs) it back up to her face. 
Oh, my dear, you're just the, you're just the sweetest thing. What's your name? <laughs> Shit. I wasn't prepared <laughs> for this. <laughs> um, um, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I've, uh, I've, comp- I've lost my composure. Um, it's, it's Angelica. Well, that's so fitting. I tell you what, why don't we go upstairs if this present of yours is up there? We'll just go take a look. I'd love to see it. Come with me. And she grabs your hand <laughs> and starts leading you upstairs. Well, um, totally you're going to have to, you're going to have to, she's kind of starting yeah, to panic. <laughs> Um, you're going to have to roll, um, an empathy to, uh, avoid uh, I don't have being that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's insight, I guess, oh, okay. in this, okay. in, under the old rules, basically. Okay. Um, two threes and two sixes. So three. So, three. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. So it, like you're caught off guard by the whole thing and kind of all you can, like your feet are moving. Like you, all you can kind of do is just kind of stay with her. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. like, yeah, she leads you by the hand up the stairs up to her office. Uh, Mort, you see this happening. Uh, Mort stands up. It's like, uh, uh, excuse me, miss. Um, miss is just, just innocent. Uh, yes. Oh, oh yes. I'm terribly sorry. These are, this is, um, this is one of the, my, my fellow horticulturists. <laughs> Um, uh, this is Irvine. Um, uh, 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 yes, Irvine, did you need me? Um, oh, did you? Oh, that's right. We were right in the middle of some business. You just caught my eye and I had to come. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, uh, we, I mean, we came in here just to, to check it out. We'll be here for a week or two and was hoping, hoping to, um, come by the establishment often. But, uh, I, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, do you mind if we, we, Put a rain check on this. Um, the the we are talking seeds right now. Um, so <laughs> you're gonna have to roll God a deception. <laughs> oh, fuck! I have no deception. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Okay, cool. Uh, fuck! All neutral. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So she sees through that. Uh, she knows that you're not being honest with her right now she she definitely like her cheeks are red like she's embarrassed and like uh. um okay so i'm gonna tell you what she's gonna do you can kind of pick and choose how you want to defend against this because this is very much a social thing um and there's not one guaranteed answer to this she's gonna kind of look um, just kind of caught off guard and like almost a little demure Mm -hmm. in this situation and she. I I just wouldn't feel comfortable if you gave me this gift, just not accepting it in your presence. And if it's upstairs already, I dare say I wouldn't be able to return to my office until we visited together. We really should go. I think Lola would be so flustered at this point and like embarrassed that she let this the necklace totally control her actions. She'd just kind of be like, okay. All right. She's back to leading you upstairs. Uh, uh, you, you'll have to, to excuse my, my colleague. She's, she's actually um, in training at the moment. Um, she, she doesn't know an awful lot about this, this wonderful plant that we've given you. Um, uh, perhaps I should, you should come along and uh, I can um, explain to you how to, to care for this, this wondrous uh, plant. 
Oh dear, oh, we can get you some paper. You can write it all down. We won't. I, be it, it'll be much quicker if I, if I just came and. She's walking it up for the you. stairs right now. She's walking away with you or with Lola. <laughs> Lola's now looking Mort. at more like. <laughs> they crest the top of the stairs. They turn down the hallway. They enter the office. Is there a the door is closed? Chandelier hanging from a rope. Uh, I mean, hell yeah. Of course there is. I want to sneakily just flick a knife up at the rope and cut it. Dog, they've already walked in the office. They're already in the office. Now you're just dropping chandeliers for no reason? Like, save that for an Errol Flynn moment, dude. In that case, I'm going to just go up the stairs after them. Uh, yeah, there's a big dude at the bottom of the stairs that is not going to let you pass. Um, I find one of the women that uh, are standing on the stairs and uh, pr- propose that we head off to somewhere more private. All right. Well, as you're trying to sort your way upstairs, uh, we're going to zip up to what is going on in the office. Describe uh, the office so- to me when they first walk in. What's it look I was like? I was just thinking, oh no, Lola's gonna be alone in this room with this psycho person. I forgot Ezra's actually the plant, but they're going up the yeah, I mean, Ezra's there. <laughs> so I mean she's actually outnumbered in this scenario, so that's good. So Giselle leads Lola in and uh kind of gets her into the room first and then uh, puts her back to the door and kind of pushes the door closed with her back so she's between Lola and the door. She locked the door? Uh, yeah, probably. Hell yeah, she does. <laughs> Shit. You're locked in here and, with me. Uh, to, a certain, to a certain degree, like the, like the genteel nature of this woman changes just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, uh, Lola definitely feels like a mouse caught here. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole cat and bird situation, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Oh man, I said fucking mouse. I ruined it. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was set up so perfectly in those days. Um, yeah, no, but she she shuts the door behind her. She locks it. She goes, I, I mean, I really must know. Like, what's your real name, sweetie? Uh, that is my real name. Uh, I mean, it, it's not really fair to, to lie to someone in their place of business. I mean, just maybe you could be up front and tell me the truth. And she goes to kind of pull your veil down. Uh, let me get a look at you. And, she, and she's, oh, uh, no, I couldn't. We, we've just met. And she like, she puts her hands up. It's like, um, I, I'm, 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 listen, I don't come to these establishments very often. Uh, is this normal protocol? All right. She like, she like really quickly snatches at your veil. So you're going to have to roll something if you want to avoid this. If you think Lola could. I I, avoid I would like this. to try. And and it's okay. more less of a like a dodge and more of like a side step out of the way like oh no. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, uh what are you going to roll for that I then? I don't. Okay. Um let's see. Uh, I guess I, you know what, this is more, this is less of a, um, like, dexterous movement that it is more like a dance at this point, uh, especially because this woman is so graceful. It's more like, um, she's, she's, you know, moving in response and, like, 
the two mm-hmm. are almost like doing this weird dance. So I'm going to use my perform. Okay. Uh, we are we are getting rid of that skill, by the way. Ah, damn it! You absolutely can use it. Okay. You can use it here because we haven't gotten through okay. that part of like rebuilding our character okay. sheets and stuff. All so, right. um, I got three neutrals, a five, and I have one in performs. Oh no, two in performs. So that's three. Okay. Uh, yeah, she manages to grab it, um, and. Uh, pull it um but you guys you guys tied so like she succeeds but she doesn't like she succeeds at a bit of a cost right um so she manages to grab it and pull it but when she does like you notice like um just in that in that split second like she had claws just for a second that like when she just reached out real fast and grabbed it she had legit claws and she doesn't now okay i i lola is is has pretty sure she's got this the situation pegged at this point. Um, so does she take it off? She does. She's like swipes it right off. Uh, she, is there any way that oh. I can like quickly avert my face? I'm just gonna continually. I'm gonna continue to keep up the ruse. Mm-hmm. Um, so is can I like you turn can my try. face and put my hands up and be like, oh sure. Uh, I, I've, I've never, I don't show my face to just anyone, especially not when I first meet them. I mean, I, I couldn't. And she's like slowly trying to like move back and get her away from the door and the plant just in case it goes south. Ezra can kind of step in. All right. She's, uh, she's going to zip forward and grab your arm. <laughs> and so she takes like one quick step forward and grabs your arm. Oh boy. Um, and she just kind of she just kind of stone face drops the uh, like the the calm and good natured vibe. And she as she steps forward and says. No, I don't I don't think that we have to play it that way. I think we could just be honest here. Um, OK, uh, at that point, Lola kind of drops the prestidigitation on her eyes. So they turn back into those like slitted bird eyes. And she's like, ah, it was worth a try. <laughs> and and um, I'm going to kind of put my finger in the air and kind of like turn it in a circle while pointing up, indicating that maybe she should turn around. Ezra rotates in his chair and he says, yeah, why don't we be honest? I don't know who was more surprised at this moment. Was it Lola who had suddenly found out that this uh, Giselle was more than the she had seemed? Or perhaps it was Giselle herself who spun around to see what could only be described as a Chia Adonis. You know, part man, part shrubbery. All machismo. You know, I'm I'm thinking it probably was Giselle who was more surprised at this moment. But anyway, we'll get into that obviously deadly scenario quite soon. But, um, you know, I did say earlier that this is kind of a non-standard format that we have here today. Um, I have been I've been told that I have a, a, a shorter than average stay on the stage here today. So actually, I, I must be getting along now. They've cut it. They've cut my show uh, down by about 15 minutes, uh, 15 to 20 to 25, maybe 30 minutes or so. Um, and I feel it's unfortunate, of course. Um, I, I will fight like the Dickens. Uh, to get that time back. But uh, actually today, uh, uh, believe it or not, I have a date. Um, so I, I, I do need to step out uh, anyway. So it all, it all kind of aligns perfectly for me today. But I mean, you know, going forward, things will be back to normal. Um, I have heard 
that they have brought in uh, a group of people to just basically explain fate in general, just the fate of the cosmos and things of that nature. I don't really understand it. They've brought uh, throwing stones and, um, you know, believe them if you like, if you're a fool, if you're a damned fool. I've never believed in mystics in my life and look where I've got, right? <laughs> you know, do what you like. You know, I can't, I can't fault you for being um, backwards hill folk. Um, but I would suggest maybe just uh, taking everything they say with a grain of salt. All right, that's all. That's all for me tonight. So make sure to tip your minotaur button, and I will see you here next time at the Gilded Ram Grog House and Tea Room. We wanted to jump in here for a little bit and talk about kind of the change over to fate because we had previously been playing uh, what by. I guess all explanations would be considered a World of Darkness game, though it really wasn't very World of Darknessy because we changed a lot and we changed over to Fate recently, which we mentioned before uh, the show of a few episodes ago. But since then, I don't know. What are you guys' impressions of Fate so far? Carly only two sessions into it and and John three sessions in. It's scary. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. I think it's really I think it's more conducive to storytelling than I guess any other system that I've tried. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's kind of our jam. I would much rather be yeah. doing narrative than rolling dice. Well, uh, the whole reason that we went with World of Darkness in the first place was to not have to do math. Yeah. I think was the big thing. Yeah. Is because most of the rolling in World of Darkness was always a handful of of D of d10s and it's just like uh sometimes you will roll more and sometimes you will roll less but you're just looking to count how many times you get eight or above mm -hmm. right and so there was never a okay roll a d20 and add eight or you know roll two d4s and add six there was none of that stuff um which was nice but the problem is it is i think none of us ever learned how combat worked <laughs> in world of darkness well okay yeah. speak for yourself <laughs> I've played a lot of World of Darkness combat. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But not in New World no. of Darkness, like the old yeah, school yeah. World of Darkness I was stuff definitely you were, is what you were used to. Old, and I think I think pretty pretty quickly we found out that like those are very different beasts yeah. in and of themselves. So I don't know. I was always nervous to get us too deep into con combat, but I, I felt, oh, it's okay, it's no big deal because we're really not a combat oriented type of game like it's more about conversations and working your way through situations without fighting um which is which is all well and good but sometimes when you have a character like ezra perhaps that uh wades in indiscriminately <laughs> and will walk up to a king and tell them to uh go f themselves you really need um a combat option like you really need to be able to hold a character accountable for something like that, which I didn't feel like we super had a way to do yeah. previously. Yeah. Previously, we'd only done combat like once, sort of maybe one and a half times. That was when we fought the um, the Bukakis. <laughs> um, right. And the other time when we were just trying to hold people off when we were getting onto the boat. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't really combat. No, that was, it was really not. I, I definitely never felt like I was in any danger in World of Darkness. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, I'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, even when you guys took damage, we really didn't track it because the chances of you taking damage again before that would have mm -hmm. been sorted out was so slim to nil. Yeah. Like, 
you know, and, and damage is tough to recover from in World of Darkness and, and combat when you actually do like get into combat can be very, very brutal yeah. in that game. The damage system was quite confusing in World of Darkness. But yes. when you're not playing a specifically combat game, um, you know, that it's not really something that you could have gotten used to or, you know, yeah. we never got into the weeds with it, so Well, and there's something to be said about having a game that doesn't, you know, necessarily have to put you into a dangerous situation. I mean, there's plenty of RP games that I've played where I wasn't ever really worried that my character was going to like die or anything like that, but that didn't necessarily mean that there weren't interesting things mm. to do in that game. But I think in a fantasy setting in in kind of this adventuring heroes type thing, it's so intrinsic to to that to the way that you have to tell those stories that there are going to be these battles and there are going to be yeah. these moments where not even just combat. Like, I never even socially felt like I would be in danger of not yeah. being able to do what I wanted to do, which, you know, sometimes the more interesting thing is to fail. Yeah, right. I mean, that was the thing about World of Darkness. Even if you just got one success, it was a success. You know? Whereas yeah. in Fate, like, you can roll two plus or whatever, but still might not necessarily succeed if you need to roll higher. Yeah, so people that don't know how fate handles rolling mechanics, um, every roll is made by four D6s, and the D6s are a little different. Um, it uses what's called fudge dice, and uh, two sides are blank, two sides have minuses, and two sides have pluses. And so you roll four of these D6s, and uh, you just add up your pluses, subtract away your minuses, and that's just kind of your your, your number. Um, and depending on whether or not you have uh, a bonus in that skill, you might add up to like four or five onto that roll. Uh, occasionally in a contested situation, like the other side will also have their role and you're just trying to beat them. And that's really all it, all it comes down to. And so most things can be handled by that role, just kind of sorting out the, you know, the questionable part of like what happens, the unknown part of, of any encounter. And I don't know. It, it, it seems like it's, it's simple enough that no matter what the situation, it's like, there's plenty of times where I'm like, okay, I don't, feel like you need to roll for that but then no matter what you would want to accomplish i feel like there's a way to make it fair with that type of a rolling system yeah and being able to to you know explain away why you're able to add pluses with fate points to these things i think is really interesting because you know that right. bullshit aspect really appeals to me well yeah and so like your character in fate is generally supposed to be like superhuman right like that's generally the point is that you're you're not playing just joe schmo off the street although you could build a game built around that but at heart it's a it's around people that are um are heroes that are that are better than the average bear basically and so these characters have aspects and those aspects they can call on to give themselves little bonuses if they spend these fate points that they get uh every session uh and, and it makes sense because like how many times have you had situations in other games where you have built a character strictly around being able to do one thing and do one thing very very well and then just completely fail at yeah. like, the simplest iteration of that like i remember the very first Dungeons and Dragons game I played in 3.5 I had built a I had built an elven ranger scout multi-class and I was trying to go ahead and scout ahead of my party and like figure out because we had heard orcs in these woods and I go and try to climb up a tree and I rolled a one <laughs> trying to climb up the tree 
And like the DM told me that I not only fell out of the tree, but I fell out of the tree. When I hit the ground, I farted so loud that the orcs like knew exactly where I was. And I'm like, okay, I get that because I rolled a one and I understand that. But it's kind of a bummer, right? Yeah, it's such a bummer. And it's like dramatic fails are interesting in some senses. But when it's when it's something that like it is 100% built into your character that they're good at that thing, there should be some way to mitigate that. And I think that's what fate points and aspects kind of do well okay so speaking of aspects um i know we i mean may have kind of glossed over them as we've been playing but i kind of want to go over what our aspects are right now and pat isn't with us right now because he got that baby but um maybe we can just talk about you know you can go over pat's and we can go over ours sure sure yeah my aspects for lola so my high concept which admittedly adam had made for me because i was away at the time but i really liked them um my hot concept is childlike wizard's apprentice which i think fits lola pretty aptly she is a little bit immature and naive in some ways even though she's fairly intelligent but um she's been studying under agarian for years and i i really liked the way that you had worded that I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna jump in real quick. So the thing about high concepts and the re- reason it's worded that way is that they're intended to be something that, like, not only just kind of speaks at like a, at a, at a like a thousand foot view idea of what your character is, but it also provides like good and bad reasons why that could be used in game, yeah, right? Because as we said, like a high concept is a type of an aspect, and in a in a situation, I can think of ways that I could compel. Uh, Carly to use this aspect, the ch- specifically the childlike part of it, uh, to do things that may not necessarily be in her character's best interest, but are probably reasonable given the character and 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 who they are. But to the same point, because she is an apprentice and she has studied magic, there are ways that Carly can use her fate points with that same exact high concept, that same aspect, to give herself bonuses to magical things to say, you know, okay, you know. I don't know exactly what, uh, you know, what, where I would find this specific tome that has been, uh, has been referenced, but, uh, but I was a, a, a wizard's apprentice and I studied, so I probably know that there's a, there's a great library in this city yeah. and she could probably mm-hmm. use that kind of information to give herself bonuses to, to checks that maybe she's failed. So the nice thing is, is that using aspects with fate points and all that kind of stuff, it happens after we've already looked at the role. And so, you know, if you failed, you can use fate points to make it a success. So. Yeah. And I love the fact that you can use them after rolls because there's so many systems where it's like, okay, no, you got to decide before you roll, if you want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then like you've lost. And then you it. never use it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, so then you never use it because you don't want to waste exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, it's like when you're you're playing a computer game, you've got that really cool weapon. You're like, well, I've only got two shots for it. I don't yeah. Really use it until yeah. I get to the yeah. big bad. Yeah. And then you just never end up using it. So the trouble that Adam chose, which is perfect, because it's been built into the character along the way, is uh, ooh, shiny things. Which I I love that in the last game we played that I mean oh that would have been the game that this is attached to uh, that yeah. that you got to use that to to make Lola do something that is clearly not in her best interest and it's not even wise it's you know it was kind of a dumb thing that she really did there but I I think that interaction speaks to how interesting fate can be in that. 
it may not have I mean it certainly was not a good move for your character but it was a realistic move for yeah, your character yeah. it was a, it was a funny and interesting thing that that happened and it certainly put you guys into a position that you would not have otherwise been in yeah it, which would have instead been you guys case this joint out for a little while and then come back at another time and yeah, yeah go back to the same warehouse that you guys yeah, have been three times at this yeah. point you know so yeah I like the the kind of the danger aspect I guess of fate in that regard in that being able to push story along with these character aspects I think is kind of a genius mechanic yeah it's I think it speeds things up a lot yeah. it gives me a lot more of a of an ability to push the story along in the moment mm-hmm. which I, I feel like I can prepare I can prepare I can prepare but then when you get into the actual play it's all read and react and there's not a lot of ways to move the story as the DM without it be without it feeling super railroady yeah except you know in this in this situation like it it's not you're giving the players a choice it's like here a or b you can take this fate point and do what i'm asking you to do because i think it's the right thing for your character or you can pay me a fate point which kind of puts you in a negative situation to overcome that and say no i'm not going to do that in this one situation and oh man i i i know myself well and i am almost never going to use that fate point to get myself out of that (laughs) (laughs) well you have so all all of your fate points though like they power a lot of your better yeah yeah that's the one thing with lola is that uh, you know she's this wizard so she's supposed to be able to do spells I I can really not do that many because I have to be careful of how many fate points I have. I've got, you know, three spells total. Well, except for prestidigitation, which, whatever. <laughs> um, but not all of your spells use fate points, though, do they? Uh, no, two it's of them like do. Just like the. Yeah. more powerful ones. Yeah, the charmed spell and the message spell, which oh my god, I just one of these days I'm going to bring out that message spell. I I just haven't <laughs> found a really good time to do it yet, but it's going to happen and I'm wondering if the people that I call on are going to answer. But yeah, so uh yeah, I I just I think it's, you know, I have to be pretty judicious in the way that I use those points, and I i don't know, I just think that given the option to get myself into trouble, I'm probably going to do it. So, uh, I will say that the, that, so that, the whole, the whole magic thing is something that had to get added in, because it's not native to fate, but fate is, is, is built in a way that lets you do things like that, lets you add in, um, magic systems. There's an entire section of, like, the, like, the setting resource book or whatever, one of the other core books, that's all about, like, different ways to implement magic systems, because there's, like, they, they, they have, like, a bunch of different ways that are suggested of, of doing it. And the way that we've implemented magic is, We've made them basically spells into stunts that you have to, like, take Arcana as a really high skill to be able to do them. So it does a few things. I mean, Arcana is a a fairly useful skill anyway, because the way that we've built it into the game, there's ways to use it defensively, as Lola has done before. Um, And obviously, offensively, she's using it to, like, shoot people with, like, little magic, like, bolts and stuff like that. And so it's a, it's a useful skill, but I mean, there are only so many slots that they're given. And I actually knocked the pyramid, the skill pyramid down like one level for them um, when we started up. So they only really get six core skills that they're better than the average bear at. And because of that, like having to take 
Arcana is a bit of a cost because then that's less other things that Lola can be good at. And then to use these more powerful spells, she's going to burn through fate points. So that's another way to try to balance that out. Because then that's the other thing with World of Darkness. Like, Lola was not balanced. Lola was like a walking god, basically, <laughs> in a lot of I situations. I a lot of dice. Anytime I had to roll something plus Arcana, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, you could just basically do whatever you wanted you could bend yeah. the you were dr strange you could bend reality to your to your whims yeah. but um so yeah we've tried to curtail that without making her feel any less valid of a character choice mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. yeah and i definitely don't miss it that's another thing that i like about fate is reducing the number of dice you have to roll yeah so you only have to roll four all the time anytime you rolled your ranged attacks <laughs> you were rolling what 10 12 12 dice <laughs> At a certain point, it's a diminishing rate of return. Like, once you get more than eight, I think, like, there's kind of no point anymore. Yeah. You're going to get so many ones at that point, or or fails. Um, So, John, what are your aspects? So, Mort's high concept is that he is the adoring fan of a great hero. No. Which is, obviously, Clash Tiger. Now, interestingly, the aspects and stuff can change. Mm -hmm. So... And it's not often a high concept would change, but depending on how this yeah. story goes, he may end up not being the adoring fan. Yeah, I can definitely see that shifting depending on, you know, how things shake out. Yeah. If we can find out more about these guys. So yeah, so that's my high concept. My trouble is that I am conspicuously undead, <laughs> which uh, is a good reason for me donning the uh, Frankie face oh, God. in the, the last episode. So gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, even your trouble can be beneficial at times. Like if yeah. you wanted to uh, take yeah. bonuses to like intimidation, intimidation, like the fact that you're conspicuously undead could benefit you there. Or same thing with stealth. If you're trying to like play dead, you're like, okay, but I'm like, conspicuously yeah. undead well that's that's one of my stunts that i can use a fate point for is to play dead nice it says more can spend a fate point to pass for a dead body in situations where dead bodies would be expected <laughs> well and i mean that's <laughs> essentially what you used in kushkal when we first ended up in that jail yeah yeah. We should uh we should build you a stunt where you can detach parts of your body and roll them around like you were trying to do for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, so I actually only have two stunts at the moment. Ah. Um, the other stunt is that on first meeting someone, um, I can use rapport instead of insight to know the character's alignment. And oh, it's called nice. Man's Best Friend, and this is like my rapport with Rufus. Yeah. So Rufus actually sort of tells me if I can trust them or not. Yeah, fact. I like that. Which means I still have a, an empty slot for a stunt, which I haven't quite decided on yet. Hmm. Yeah, and so stunts are are interesting in that they give you ways to basically break the game that only your character can do. And so it's ways to, like, to bend the rules in specific situations. So they kind of have to be narrow in that way. Yeah. And so the the good thing is, is that, you know, you can you can kind of build them as you go. Like Ezra's in the same spot. He's only got two stunts right now. And so he could take another one for free at this point. 
Uh, but past that, if you wanted to take more than three stunts, you have to start using up your refresh to do that. So you may only have two fate points per game if you have four stunts. Or if you have five stunts, you would only have one fate point per game. Ooh, yeah. And so then you're much more beholden to you to the compels uh, and to being co- being compelled by the GM to say, hey, okay, do this, so I'll give you another fate point so you can play with your, your cool toys again. Uh, but that changes when you do milestones. And so we really haven't had a lot. This is the other thing about, about World of Darkness that we ran into is that we didn't do a lot of character advancement because our game was so different than the vanilla that it didn't really feel like it meshed up with how vanilla World of Darkness did character advancement. So really, all of the character advancement that we've done in the game so far has all been through me just giving you guys new cool toys to yeah. play with. Mm-hmm. Or new spells or things like that. And it really hasn't changed anything else. Um, but there very much is an advancement and character advancement system built into Fate that we'll use based upon milestones. And with those like milestones, your refresh can go up. So your stunts can go up. You can get you know more skills and all that good stuff. So that's exciting. Since you brought them up, Adam, do you want to go over what the aspects for Pat's characters? Yes. Yeah, so Ezra... Um, Ezra's high concept is machine made for heroism and sex things. <laughs> um, because that's just kind of who who Ezra is, right? He, I mean, he's built to be a protector. He's built to uh, look out for others, um, even though he doesn't feel, I think, in recent episodes that he's been doing a great job of that. And that has obviously affected his, his psyche a little bit, mm-hmm. which ties into his trouble, which is desperately in search of guidance. Okay, so that's the one thing that I want to talk to you, because we haven't really gone through fleshing out bonds between characters, which is another part of the fate system, is the aspects that you develop based on interactions with your fellow players. Because the guidance thing kind of works into what I was thinking about as my bond for Mort, which we kind of touched on a little bit um, when we were off air, is... um, I think Lola's bond for Mort is definitely going to be that Mort is my moral compass. Right. Because there are definitely times when Lola's like, God, I just want to find a Gary and I just want to, this is my goal. All this stuff is going on. This is my driving force. So maybe things that shouldn't get left to the wayside do. And I feel like Mort is going to be the one to pull Lola and Ezra, who's desperately in search of guidance. Um, kind of back to the fold of, you know, being heroes. Yeah, like when you and Ezra wanted to leave Nanusha, just carry on. Yeah. To their fate. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think that's, I think that's a perfect, I think it perfectly aligns with the, your character. So you can just add the aspect yep. in there. So like underneath the trouble aspect, you just add another aspect that says more does my moral compass, and then. And we're in when we're in situations like that where we're trying to make those decisions about like what happens next and where do we go from here, then I can offer you guys compels to go along with what Mort's saying. Um, or I mean, I can offer uh, at this point, I can offer Ezra a compel to go along with what anyone else is saying mm-hmm. because he is desperately in search of guidance so if he sees someone else providing some suggestion of a, of a means of where you're going to go from here i can offer him fate points basically to go along with what anybody says yeah which is kind of tempting <laughs> so what about you john have you been thinking about um in terms of bonds i'm still sort of trying to think so i, I think we've developed our characters so much already during the course of the show it's hard to come up with something new. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but because we've been doing this so long, while we because we're switching systems, we're not necessarily starting from scratch. I think that you know those bonds kind of develop naturally over play. Yeah. No. I mean, I think I do have bonds, but I'm not. I'm not sort of thinking of them as bonds. Yeah. They're like there, but I just yeah. haven't realized that they're a bond. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I'll have to properly think about it and think. Oh yeah, that is. Uh, actually a bond's not just a thing yeah um, those bonds are they pretty fluid aspects in general are pretty fluid you can rename them at minor milestones so basically every time we end a session of play you have the opportunity to say you know what based on what happened today i think this aspect of my character is changing and i'm going to rename it into something else mm. and so it's just at the, at the end of every session you can rename any character aspect that isn't your high concept uh, but to do so you're you're doing so at the expense of doing any of the other things that you can do at the end of at the end of a minor milestone which is like switching the rank values of any right um, skills or exchanging stunts or buying a new stunt if you have refresh cool. so. yeah i think i definitely have to sit down and think about that more because i'm trying to think of the one that maybe exists between Ezra or Ezra and I for like going from me to him. And I'm not sure yet. And I think maybe over the last couple of episodes, it might've changed. So I have to definitely give that some more thought. So are there other types of aspects? We've got like the high concept, we've got the trouble, we've got bonds. Are there any other things we should be thinking about? Not really. I mean, so there are other aspects that you could add into your character, um, but really you try to keep it to the high concept, the trouble, and then some aspect that came out of, you know, interacting with other characters. And if there's something that happens that is like fundamentally shapes your character in some way, then I think it's appropriate to label it as an aspect because it's just ways for you in the moment and for me as the as the DM in the moment to say... Okay, so encapsulated in like five or six bullet points, this is the stuff that is like really important to your character. Are any of those things influencing how you would behave in this situation? So like you know? with Ezra losing so many of his friends, he could add an aspect that's like slightly unhinged. Yeah, well, that might be that. I mean, he could change his trouble to be that at this point. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I like Fate a lot so far. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it, like I said, it's it's a nice way to 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 play a game that is very much built around RP and character uh interaction because it's built around entirely built around consistency of character, you know? And you create you create these aspects of the character that shape how you interact in the world just as much as your stunts and your skills do. Uh, and that's fascinating because then you have to, it, I mean, it builds in this intrinsic uniformity to that character that only shifts over the course of sessions by changing the names of those aspects and saying, you know what, because of this, I'm changing this part of my character. I think it's an interesting way to approach gameplay, and I think it's very fluid for what we want to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think my favorite part of Fate so far has been the combat that we had. Yeah. Just because it's like the first time we really got into combat, and it was like, holy shit, this is actually really dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not doing very well at all. And just like, as a. I'm to get shot, I get yeah. my bones broken. And just as like a, 
a character experience of having, I guess for myself, for Lola to get hurt because she's never been hurt before. Like that's going to shape now part of who she is. And yeah, I I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, and I know that we did some things wrong in that combat, but like the thing is, is like fate is built around. I mean, at heart, there's two there's two central rules to it. The first rule is what they call the golden rule, which is like you decide what you want to do and then look to the rules to figure out how to help you do it. So instead of every time saying, okay, well, I'm going to use this because it's my best skill and I think it would help me the most in this situation. So I'm going to try to figure out in this situation, how do I work in a survival role? Like instead of doing that, you're just saying, okay, in this moment, what will my character do? And then once we figured out what it is that we want to do, we look at the rules and say, how do we do that? I think as important is what they consider the silver rule, which is never let the rules get in the way of what makes narrative sense. And so there was in the moment there where Lola's going to get attacked and everybody wants to jump in at the same point. And should you be able to, in that game, take turns outside of your own turn to do that? Probably not. Uh, that's that's probably not how combat is no, built. It's a damn good storytelling. It was great storytelling and it worked and the roles, the roles helped us out there and the dice worked with us to make it, I think, one of the most interesting ways it could have turned out. So I'm always going to lean towards if it if it makes sense from the story to make it more interesting and to make it more, um, you know, to increase the action potential there, then I'm probably going to let it slide unless it's like, hey, let's all take turns on everyone (laughs) else's turns. And so we all get. Uh, yeah. three turns every yeah. round like if no. it doesn't get out of hand who cares you know what it's fine you're supposed to you're supposed to have those abilities to be like you know superhuman anyway so yeah i'm glad that we switched i think it's working well and i'm looking forward to seeing how it works out for the rest yeah i agree well, hopefully all the listeners are enjoying yeah. the, the new system as well yeah and, and speaking of thank you so much everyone we were like shocked with i mean that mcelroy bump yeah, yeah that's, been, that's been exciting it's been exciting yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing how it goes yeah well it's been a it's been kind of a refreshing uh it's like a rejuvenation i guess uh for the show a little bit for us with the change in system and then a, a, a huge increase in listeners recently it's been nice and so it's it's kind of refreshed the whole thing for us it makes us even more excited about what's coming up yeah. next and um boy we've got we we're probably just to give you a, a basic heads up on where we're at. We're probably maybe halfway through this planned campaign that I had in mind um, for just this opening campaign, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but there's plenty more planned after that. Oh, the stories Jasper has up his sleeves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're everywhere. There's more. You, know, you don't know half of what the canning history of oh, your earth is. Yeah. And on that note, thanks for listening. <laughs> Hey potatoes, this is Carly and John. If you want to head over to patreon.com slash brute you can check out all the cool rewards you can get there. Uh, keep your eye on it because we may have some new ones coming up soon. And if you want to come and hang out with us, head over to geeklycon.com and you can get a ticket to GeeklyCon, which is July 19th to the 22nd in Columbus, Ohio. And we'd love to play games with you. Yep, they're on sale now, so head over there and get your ticket. If you want to get a hold of us, you can go to Twitter. We're at BruteForceCast. We're also on Facebook now. If you want to join our fan group, it is uh, BruteForce. 
Thank you. Bye. This is Carling and John. I just want to... Ah, fuck! I did it again! <clears throat> I'm not going to stop. I'm just gonna We're going to keep rolling. Okay. Yeah. Hey, potatoes. This is Carling and John. Just... Fuck, I did it again! That's really hard <laughs> to... Kick. Okay. <clears throat> hey, potatoes. This is Carling and John. If you head over to patreon.com slash brute we've got a patron... Fuck! <laughs> this is hard! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, there's the outtakes. <laughs> no! <laughs> Don't do it to me. <laughs> Fuck. Alright. Hey, patrons, this. <laughs> God damn! Don't do it! I'm an idiot! No! I'm so embarrassed, my cheeks are so hot! <laughs> Stop laughing at me, Adam. I've never done this before! You're making me nervous. <clears throat> okay. Should I, should I give it? Should I give it a go? I got it, I got it. <clears throat> Hey, potatoes, this is Carly and John. I just wanted to direct you. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've, I've got this. I'm crying, this. John, you fucking go. Hey, uh, potatoes, this is Carly and John. No, no, this is John and Carly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're both here. <laughs> Carly's tired. My face is so hot. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> I have to hold my hand up in front of Adam's thing so he doesn't make me laugh. <laughs> Alright. Uh, go. Thank hey, you. Me. <laughs> me or you? You. Okay. Hey, potatoes. This is John and Carly. Just one. No, I'm doing it now. God damn it! <laughs> God damn you, Adam! Ah, uh, okay. I'm, <clears throat> I'm 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 going this time. Okay, you're not just doing anything. No, I know. <laughs> hey, potatoes. This is Carly and John. If you head over to Patreon.com/slash/BruteForce. You can check out our reward tiers for becoming a patron. Uh, we've got some pretty cool math, math horse shirts, if I do say myself. Blah, blah! <laughs> I was doing so good! And if you want to come and hang out with us, head over to geeklycon.com and you can get a ticket to GeeklyCon, which is July 19th to the 22nd in Columbus, Ohio. And we'd love to play games with you.
Yep, they're on sale now, so head over there and get your ticket. Uh, if you want to get hold of us, then you can reach us on Twitter at Brute Podcast. No, that's now. the wrong fucking... Fuck! We were doing so okay. We can edit. We can edit that.